So I believe that this whole movement of a flourishing localized economy in agriculture, regenerative agriculture, food forestry, organics, first starts with people demanding. In our culture, we like to talk about freedom as the highest idea, the end of all ends. But let me ask you this, how free would you feel when your health has been compromised? When your limited access to nutrition leaves you vulnerable to all sorts of ailments? Check this out. These are a cornucopia of lacto-fermented foods. So we have radish and carrots, tomatoes, even lemons, all made last year, not only to store and secure our access to food, but also because fermented foods done right are some of the healthiest you can eat. So in this episode, I'm gonna to talk to you about the biggest form of freedom I have ever experienced. That's the freedom that comes from deepening our relationship to food and health. So welcome to episode three, Nutrition Independence. Being nutrition independent isn't only about taking care of oneself, it's also about having the ability to care for others. Here at EarthSpeed, we're following an old First Nations principle as a guide to creating a healthy food system right here. I call it the principle of thirds, where we utilize a third of our harvest for ourselves, yum yum, we sell a third locally to make a couple bucks, and then we give away a third to those in need. This is ancient indigenous wisdom that solves a lot of modern challenges cutting out the gatekeepers, bringing down the costs, and making nutritious, locally grown food accessible to everyone in the community and reminds us that a healthy system recognizes the humanity of its participants. My guest today, Keith Agoda, has built a digital marketplace of stories that allow everyone to become participants in connecting producers directly with those looking for good quality food. Keith, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you, Adrian. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in uh, the north part of Ibiza in Spain, in a valley, and actually overlooking an almond farm that is one of our producers. Well, I like to think that I might have had some, some inspiration in you becoming a farmer, but I know you've been in the farm game for some time now. So what was the impetus? What, what made you decide to do it yourself? Yeah, well, I believe that food and agriculture chose me. Um, I was kind of on the path towards a, a boring life in finance and business and chasing money and stability. Uh, when I was in university at Wisconsin, I studied horticulture by accident. I started studying how to grow plants and I just got hooked. You know, I would put on my headphones and just go around playing with Venus flytraps and plants. And I was like, this is beyond cool hanging out with plants. One day it was snowing outside and we were growing pineapples in the greenhouse. And I was just like, hold on a second. We can grow anything anywhere. And of course, you know, we're not going to start growing tropical fruits in, in the Midwest, but started really thinking about how we could bring food production local. Becoming a farmer myself has always been a dream and visiting you on your farm and seeing you run the tractors and planting a tree together that really was a boost. It was because I'm like, I got to do it. If Adrian can do it, I can do it. And that, that's where I think <laughs> that's the inspiration. <laughs> well, so for everybody out there who doesn't know, uh, Keith 
and I did not meet through farming. It was really through business. And Ducontra invested in Keith's company called Producers Market, which the slogan is transparency and trust from soil to sale. So what does that mean and what do you do? We believe that this is the moment where we bring humanity back to supply chains. Right now, the food we eat, unless we're lucky enough to shop at farmers markets or be in a CSA, most of the food we eat and most of the products we consume, we don't know the story behind it. We don't know how it was grown, how it impacted the soil, the ecosystem, the people who are on the farm, people who process the products. And we just don't know. We're, we're blindly trusting certifications. We're blindly trusting brands. And I believe there's a, a unique human story to all products. And especially when you get into organic farming, regenerative farming and cooperatives, you know, you start getting into these rich, you know, amazing stories that is all about the human experience. And I believe if we can start to move stories and validation with products, then we can start to change people's lives, both on the consuming side as well as on the farming side. So what we're doing here at Producers Market is looking to shift industry and pioneering, you know, the large scale acceptance of knowing where your products come from and who grew them and how to connect with them. So as I understand it, you're not necessarily a third party certification. So you're not making judgment calls necessarily, but you're more connecting producers with end users or buyers, consumers so that they can communicate directly. That's right. We're not looking to judge what's right and wrong, what's better or worse. We just want to allow for more direct connections to happen and to happen efficiently and to happen at a lower cost. So what we're functioning as is a marketplace of stories, of procurement. So if you're a producer of any scale, you can build a platform, you build a profile, share your story, get validated through our system. And then connect directly with businesses and soon directly with consumers so that you can sell products, but also share the story of the products and be able to connect directly uh, in this virtuous cycle. So what yeah. does it work? Like, is there a platform? Is it, is it, on, is it on the bag? Like, yeah, exactly. I'll use an example right here behind me. This is a almond field in Spain, but it's not any almond field. They're doing regenerative practices. They're starting from scratch. They're building topsoil. They're going to be doing intercropping, biological corridors, all these different practices that are good for the soil, good for the environment, and will ultimately have almonds that are dry farmed. So no abundant water use. So it's very responsible in water usage, no pesticides, no herbicides. And at the end of the day, there's going to be almonds harvested. And these almonds are going to have a unique story because of how they're grown, how they're raised. They might not have the greatest yield because of the practices, because they're not intensively grown. And so this producer, if they were to just bring them to market as a commodity almond, organic certified, they're going to get one price. And the consumer who gets it may or may not know this amazing story and all the love and intention and work that's been put in to this field in this farm right behind me. And so what we want to do is first share their profile, share their story on producer's market, so that buyers as well as consumers can come in and learn about them. And then if they want to buy their almonds, let's say in a one pound package, Juntos, this group here, is going to be able to share the story through the actual packaging and through our website. So we have an application called Storybird that provides end-to-end -end traceability and storytelling. 
what they're going to be able to do is share the content, the photos, the videos, the storytelling, all the way from the source and then how it's packaged, processed, and distributed and have a validation at each step so that when the consumer gets this product, whether it's through our platform or whether it's through a store or any other format, they can scan a code on the packaging and then see not just the traceability to the source, but also the story of how these almonds were farmed. And they're going to be able to connect indirectly with the farmer. They can send, you know, Juntos a message and tell Juntos, hey, thank you so much for this. Like, how did you grow your almonds? Or like, why do they taste so good? And Juntos can actually build that relationship. Or maybe the the consumer says, I want to go visit this farm on my next vacation. And they can actually contact them and book an agritourism. So it's about making this global or local supply chain more human, more connected, and leveraging software tools to make it happen. So talk to me a little bit about the technology itself, because that's interesting to me. And also, I got really excited about this because when I was in Japan, I saw this amazing restaurant. It had a sushi crudite bar. And basically, it was just fresh vegetables, full fresh vegetables. And then they had a sushi chef basically preparing the vegetables into crudite form, but like really fancy. And then they had dipping sauces and everything. And then you sat down and then above you, they had these huge pictures of the farmers that actually grew the vegetables that you're eating. So every time you had a crunch, every time you had a bite, you could look up and you could like, you could see the face of the guy who spent all his time making this beautiful food for you. And, uh, you know, these days, a lot of chefs are, are celebrities and stars. But what about the guy who actually put in all that energy into growing the food itself? So how does the technology work? Exactly? Yeah, well, well, first, how did it make you feel? Incredible. I felt a real connection. I wanted to hang out with the guy, to be honest. Exactly. And, and so this is what the technology is for, is so without having to go there and without necessarily even having photos right at your packaging or at the restaurant, at the supermarket, through your, your phone, you can connect in and get that same experience. So how the technology actually works is through our software platform. We've engineered a system, a databasing system, where you can share qualitative information like storytelling, and then quantitative, where you can upload different data points. Right now, the data we're working on is provenance. So understanding when it was harvested, where it was processed, and moving across the supply chain and being able to track it. But where our technology is going next is being able to input other data forms around carbon impact, soil impact, looking at other impacts like carbon impact, soil impact, other SDG, sustainable development goal impact measures, so that as you are now uh, receiving your product or consuming it, you're getting the data and the story, not just of, of the source, but also what were the impacts? And is this actually from the source? Because maybe, unfortunately, maybe that, that photo in Japan is of this beautiful farmer, but today, you know, the greens that you're eating was from a different farmer. They just didn't change the sign, right? So how do you know that those greens are actually from that farmer? We all want to believe and trust what we're reading and seeing. But as we've learned, not always the case. So what we want to do is combine the story and the information and the impacts with data validation. And that's really what our technology is about. How are you even able to do that? It seems very complex. Yeah, so let's say today we're at close to 0% trust. When we see a product, we don't really know much about it. We just have to blindly trust, you know, that the information is what the marketers say it is. 
getting to 100% trust kind of, you know, relies on you going to visit the farm or maybe you growing it in your back backyard and knowing exactly what you're doing. But how do we get from close to 0% trust to closer to 100% trust? And one way is just by making the data available, you know, from the actual enterprise resource planning or inventory management systems, or let's say you are growing food in your yard, you're growing some pecans there, you harvest it, and then you sell it to a distributor who comes, picks it up. You both can validate that, hey, I sold you these pecans on this date and the buyer validates it too. Those are two agents making a transaction and verifying the information together. And this data transaction, this information transaction is going on to blockchain. So it's basically registering this data into a blockchain ledger, making it immutable, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the information going in is accurate and true. So this is where we go into other layers of validation. And one thing we're working on is a system called Agripreneur. And Agripreneurs is our Uber drivers. It's our field agents. People can actually go in as a third party through our application and validate and register information on the farm through a third party who can make random checks or go during the transaction dates and add another layer of information. And then there's other information sources that we're starting to integrate, like sensor data or drone or satellite information. So it's about building a a repository, a, a data lake of information that we can then use and say, okay, based upon all these data sources, based upon the agents making transactions, putting in information, how can we share this and show the reliability or, or the validation? And this is going to be a ever-evolving system. We don't have a blockchain. We work with various blockchains who have the infrastructures. What we want to do is layer in the applications and the user experiences so that it's easy to access and use this blockchain information or blockchain technology without even knowing you're doing it. I mean, it's really awesome. Not only will this be useful to larger producers, but I really see this as a way to empower the small producers. Like I had my uh, my first home community garden here in Austin and I was growing all this food. I, I couldn't eat it all. And I was like, how can I get this to other people? So I was giving it to my neighbors. That's one way to do it. But I was thinking there must be someone two or three blocks away that doesn't know that I have this food that probably would really enjoy it. So I feel like I could use this technology if I was a very small producer to just connect with others that are looking to connect with my food. Absolutely. And, and actually to tie it in, this is where the concept of yields beyond money hits home to me. It's exactly what you're describing because you know, your farm isn't necessarily trying to be a commercial farmer. You're not trying to make your your living wage from growing your food and selling it, but you are growing food and you are going to have in many moments an abundance of food or a story to share with people and inspire. People like me say, look, Adrian's farming. I can do this, you know, and so the yield beyond money in this case is how do we make this technology available not just to the commercial farmers or even the small scale, you know, cooperatives, but what about the backyard farmer or the community gardener or someone who just happens to have multiple lemon trees that they don't harvest the lemons that they want to connect to their community? And this is where we wanted to make an inclusive platform where anyone can create a profile. If you're growing something, if you're making something, you are a producer and you don't have to be a hugely commercially successful producer. You can be a home gardener. 
You could be a large commercial farmer, but either way, you're a producer. And if we can start to get as many people as possible to join our platform and start sharing their story and sharing what they're growing and connecting into the local community. And in some cases, if you're a coffee farmer in Peru, you want a global community. You want to be selling in Germany. But how do we connect these networks and make it available so that your person three blocks away who's looking for your lemons can find you and can be gifted the lemons or can buy them? And in sharing that story and sharing that experience, that's really what we're trying to do is go beyond this like transactional economy into a human economy where these lemons mean something. It's been sitting in your backyard. You've been watching them and now you're sharing them with your neighbor. It's not just, hey, I just got $5 for some lemons. It's I just shared with you my lemons or I just sold you my lemons and it should mean something. Listen, access to food is freedom. You know, when when you are nutrition independent, when you have the ability to access quality fruits and vegetables, it's better for your health. It's better for a lot of different elements in your life. So talk to me a little bit about global human flourishing and food access. To me, this is this is the key because a lot of times we have like these middlemen that are driving up prices or controlling prices that are dictating what kinds of food we actually grow and why. I mean, if we had the ability to make those choices ourselves directly, the whole entire food system would change. And what would that look like? What do you think it would like? What would become of it? Yeah, I, I love this conversation and I love this vision because I believe this is where peace comes from. This is where our peace comes from is by being connected into our food systems, our water systems, our soil and being resilient. The reason why organic has become this huge industry isn't because Walmart said, let's just start selling organic. Walmart's one of the largest retailers of organic now, not because Walmart was the visionary of this organic movement, but because they know consumers are demanding it. So I believe that this whole movement of a flourishing, you know, localized economy and agriculture, regenerative agriculture, food forestry, organics, that this whole movement of localized food production first starts with people demanding it and saying, this is what I want. This is what I'll pay for. And this is how I want to live my life is by consuming these products. Now it's up to us as entrepreneurs to connect that demand to the supply so that people start saying, you know what? I want to become a farmer because I can make money doing it. And I know that farming is this kind of romantic thing. And and both of us are looking at it personally as a romantic activity. But most of the farmers I work with, they say, I just want to get paid a fair wage and I want to be paid on time. And if I could do that, I'm happy. Everything else to them is kind of secondary. And of course, supporting their community, supporting their soil health, these are all core to it. But most farmers are looking for commercial viability. And so if we can create commercial viability for small scale entrepreneurs around the world, whether it's in Austin, Texas or in Spain or in Africa or in India, anywhere that there's soil and people eating, if we can make farming a commercial activity and especially regenerative farming and organic farming, if we can make this a commercial activity, then I believe that we can create millions of new organic farmers all around the world who can have an amazing lifestyle. And that's the second part with the whole migration to cities people are actually forgetting how beautiful this lifestyle is. I think what you're doing by sharing your lifestyle and others 
who can share the lifestyle of farming. And it's not going to be for everyone. But if one out of 10 or one out of 30 people sees it and says, you know what, that's for me. I want to be a farmer. I want to work with soil. And I want to grow food for people. What's next? Well, if they can have the tools and the technology and the information and the resources and the markets to just go in and start growing and selling to people, that's, that's what I think is going to drive this, is the, the beauty of capitalism and entrepreneurship and small business. Preaching, brother. <laughs> Preaching. I love it. It's very exciting to hear you talk about yeah. this. I remember I had a certain level of skepticism. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea, but how are you going to do it? And do you like have somebody who actually understands this, not only on a technical level, but also on a human emotional storytelling level? And I have to say, man, you're really killing it. I'm really excited about this. I want to ask you a question about challenges. Like, are, are there any regulatory obstacles or hurdles that you would have to go through in order to, to get this off the ground? Yeah, um, not so much for us because we're working with the producers and the buyers and they're in charge of other regulatory certifications, approvals, licenses. So we as a platform don't manage that. And when it's local producers and local consumers in that model, that can be done directly. I think where our biggest challenges and obstacles are is trying to figure out logistics for one. How do we make it more efficient for global producers to reach global consumers and for local producers to reach local consumers? And how do we leverage innovations and platforms that are looking to solve the logistical challenge so that we can overcome the advantages that these really large aggregated distributors, intermediaries, brokers, retailers have when they're moving hundreds of containers around and are able to put in these mega warehouses and move it, it's so efficient. And this model works for a reason. And we're not necessarily trying to just disrupt this model, but how can we start to innovate around logistics to be able to connect more directly in a way that is cost efficient? Because at the end of the day, you know, people don't want to spend $6 for an apple, right? Or a bunch of kale can't cost $6 if you want to sell a lot of it. We need this to be competitively priced on the market. Maybe there's a premium, but it's not going to be astronomical where 95% of people can't buy products. So this is, I think, the greatest obstacle is figuring out how do you actually connect the products from a producer, whether it's business to business, um, to the consumer or to the business to the consumer. And that's, I think, the greatest obstacle we're trying to figure out right now. Yeah. And make it seamless and fun for consumers because we want it easy. We're spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> we want it easy. We want it cheap. And that's what the that's what entrepreneurship is for, uh, right? That's the beauty of it. We need to compete to get the consumer's dollar. And it doesn't need to be some like ugly thing where it's like, oh, uh, it's it's like a race to the bottom or like a zero sum game. It's just like, how do we innovate? How do we collaborate? How do we leverage other platforms, other entrepreneurs, technologies to create a solution where you do have it easy and it doesn't cost that much, but you get the values that you're looking for? Exactly. So at DuContra, we have four verticals. And one thing I really love about Producers Market is you basically hit every single one of them from future finance, which we're, we're looking at instruments and opportunities, uh, businesses that will give people more equity and access to the world's wealth. So you're putting consumers directly with farmers and producers so that they can have more control and authority over their, their business, essentially. 
do consumer or consumer vertical. So you've got the consumer on lock, right? Like you're working with consumers to make better for you decisions for themselves, health and the planet. Communitas, which is community building, like you're able to connect people so they have a better sense of who's near them, who's producing, who's creating and around the world, global village. And then uh, human flourishing when you're actually giving people the ability to flourish in themselves and their health and their wellness. And I mean, it's, it's hard to find a business that just does one thing, but you've done all four and it's pretty exciting. Thank you. No, it's, it's very difficult and challenging, but it requires aligned investors. And that's the other biggest challenge is when you're doing something that is really intentional and going for this impact, you know, it takes time. It's like regenerative farming for the soil to become super fertile and the fruits to bear. You got to work through a lot of challenges. You got to overcome a lot of things. And the equity part of Ducantra's values is really core to us. And we've done something that's unpopular with most mainstream investors, but really resonates with Ducantra. And that's around equity. And from the onset, we said we're taking 20% of our parent company equity. We're going to hold it aside. And eventually, you're going to distribute this, likely as a digital asset, to small farmers who are participating in our platform and incentivizing them to move into regenerative practices. So we've taken out 20% of our total equity to be given out to small farmers who otherwise have no participation in the downstream of their harvest. And now they get to be co-owners of our platform. Super unpopular if your goal as an investor is to maximize your returns. Really not popular. Exit strategy, not popular. But I believe in the long term, people are going to be competing over farmers. Right now, everyone's competing over the retailer, the brand, the consumer. We want to compete over the farmer. We think the farmer is going to be the most important member of society in 10 years. So we want them to wear the producer hat because they're owners of producer's market. And we also believe they should get equity in their platform. Why not? You know, they're the user. They're creating the value. They're taking the risk. They're stewarding the resources. Let's give them equity. And so I think more investors who have that type of holistic mentality, who values that type of approach, it will make our world a better place and help us as a business. I mean, we're in impact investing, right? I mean, let's, let's really just look at what that actually means. You know, do we want to make impact once with one investment supporting one company that does something good? Or do we want to continue to reinvest and also take our profits and have them immediately go into more impact? And then you create this sort of uh, this chain reaction of, of goodwill and positive impact. So, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. But we're getting there. You know, I mean, I, I think what we're doing at DuContra is quite um, novel in, it, in itself because you know, we're looking at doing those kinds of things with our profits as well. I mean, even looking at what we're using our carry at DuContra to actually invest in storytelling and, and invest in communications. And we're not d throwing a lavish party at the end of the year. We're actually wanting to support more awareness, more impact. And, and also when we look for investors, we, 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 look at, we look them in the eye and we look for that generous mm. spirit because we want to be able to invest in companies like Producers Market that are taking the risk to give back more, to do more for not only their customers, but for the world at large. And that, th that means it's, you're not necessarily going to reap the hard benefit of that, but it's going to benefit you ultimately because as the world improves, as people get 
healthier, as they have, as their well-being increases, it naturally will benefit you by, by default. Right. And, and I think in maybe five years, hopefully five years, maybe 10 years, we look at this interview and this is normal. This is called investing. It's not even impact investing. It's called investing. We align ourselves to how we, you know, spend our money or invest our money. That's it. And that's the same thing with our platform. It's what's the story? How do you connect to that story? And how do you align your values? And I think that's really the journey. And that's the journey for for myself with this company, for our team, is also aligning ourselves to our values so that we can actually become part of the mission that we're trying to put forth. Yeah. And fundamentally, what is the story of value itself and what is value? So is it is it a dollar or is it like an actual piece of currency, you know, a a minted coin or a piece of paper with a stamp on it? Is that value? Is it money at all? Is it storing value or is it the thing itself? Is it our interaction, our human connection, you know, our way of life, our lifestyle, all of those things to me, when those things are, are operating at a high level, you are rich. You are rich. When you have a bunch of money in the bank account, you know, what was Bob Marley quote, you know, feel sorry for rich people. All I have is money, right. you know, something right. like that. You know, it's like sometimes we get so focused on the accumulation and the, the, the materialism versus the, you know, what it means to be alive, love, happiness, community, health, wellness. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You know, a lot of people have the misconception that, you know, we are on this evolutionary trajectory of the survival of the fittest in which we're in competition. And I think a lot of business minds falsely embrace that idea that we are in competition. But actually what makes human beings so successful is our ability to collaborate, our ability to share. When we, when we were first coming up in this civilization game, we had yeah. to share, we had to collaborate, and we knew that we'd be safer, we'd survive longer if we actually worked together. And so, you know, when you look at, when you're talking about food, like food is is wealth right there. Like when you have the good crops, you know, then, then you have access to um, nutrition and to calories, which we need to survive. So, but also, you know that food doesn't last forever. It goes bad. So actually, it's better... F- for you to share it because it has a shelf life, share it so that others can enjoy it. And then in return, they're, they're happy. They feel uh, like now there's a reciprocity. They have something to give back, whatever their skill set might be. So yeah, when I look outside and I see, you know, we have uh, so much lettuce right now. I mean, lettuce is just popping off kale and, and like all like three or four different varietals of, of, of uh, leafy greens and, Asian greens and like all sorts of collards and all just a lot of leaves. When I look out there, I'm like, wow, like my, I'm, I'm stocked. Yeah. I got a big, a full, like a full bank right, right. now of, of, of wealth. I mean, this is what life should be about connecting to the earth, having that abundance, sharing that abundance, right? Like let your cup overflow. Your cup is overflowing. And I think that's the goal for all of us, whether it's a metaphor for farming or actual farming. Like, let's all be growing. And, you know, what, uh, you know, the founder of Juntos, who's running the farm behind me, what he told me is, you know, COVID hit and all of a sudden the supermarket shelves are empty in Ibiza and this is an island and there's only two days supply of food here. 
That's what he told me. So what happens after two days, right? You know, and the, and the boats stop bringing food on. You you have to rely on the food that's on the island. Well, if nobody's growing food here, what are people going to do, right? And so taking that initiative and that action to say, well, I'm going to start farming and I'm going to have that abundance because at least I'm going to be able to feed my family, maybe some other people. But if we all kind of take that initiative to start to grow, to feed ourselves, to build this resilience, not from a place of fear and insecurity and what happens when Armageddon hits, but from that place that you're sharing of just like amazement that I can put seeds in the ground, water it, you know, there's some good soil there. And and in 30 days, I have some lettuce to eat. And to me, that's one of the most amazing, amazing concepts of being a human. That we can work with our earth and our land and our our water, our elements to create our nourishment and share it with our friends and family. I mean, that is at the core, you know, that is at the core of what I think the food system should be about. It should be a celebration. How can people get involved? Yeah, so first, uh, go to producersmarket.com. Uh, soon, uh, our producers will be able to sell direct to consumer. Right now, it's all B2B. They can follow us on uh, Instagram at Producers Market. Uh, we'll be launching our at Producers handle as well for our our brand. And from there, they can start engaging. You know, start following our producers, start buying from them, start learning about their experiences, and connecting in with our Storybird application. But I'd say stay tuned and and go on to ProducersMarket.com and get to know our producers, and and soon you'll be able to buy from them. Right. And so you can start using the tools to connect and, and then eventually buy. Yep. Uh, buying will happen during 2022. Right now, they can go and see the profiles and learn about our producers. And uh, those that have a story bird on their products, they can actually scan the products that are for sale and get the whole product journey and start to connect in with that experience. And we have a whole list of brands that are already you know, engaging with Storybird, and you can learn about those too and support those brands. Keith. Thank you so much, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you for what you're doing, being a farmer and inspiring other people to become farmers and enjoy that lifestyle. And soon we're going to register you a profile. And so you could share your story on Producers Market. I love that. Yes, please. That's going to be fun. Because um, I got so much lettuce, man. I, got, I need to give this lettuce away. Literally, Christmas is coming and that's what you're getting. You're getting some leafy greens. That's as crunchy as a statement I've ever heard, but good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Keith. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No matter where you place yourself on the supply chain, one thing is clear. We are all important participants because change doesn't come with only a few good farmers. It comes with all of us, a population that transforms demand, that reinvents itself as participants and one that is committed to freedom in all kinds of ways, in all its forms. At EarthSpeed, we bring you ideas whose time has come, to people who matter. You matter, each and every one of you. Till next time.